she was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm your host, Sarah Gorski, and I am here today with a fun new broad for us. Today we are talking about Annie Londonderry Cohen Kupchowski. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she is the first woman to circumnavigate the entire world on a bicycle. This is a fun story. It's a light story. We need a little lightness after, you know, the 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 Barbenheimer, <laughs> the last two weeks of our our um, Los Alamos truths about Oppenheimer. Um, so if you didn't listen to those episodes, go back and listen to them. But here today we got something a little bit lighter for you. Um, so I'm just gonna dig right in. Annie Cohen was born in Latvia in either 1870 or 1871. And she was the daughter of Levi and Beatrice Cohen, a Jewish family. Uh, They all moved to the U.S. in 1875 and ended up settling in Boston, Massachusetts. Then in 1888, I don't have a lot of information from my research in between those years, but in 1888, she marries a guy named Max Kupchowski, who was a peddler, a salesman, uh, and as most couples do, they start having kiddos. And by 1892, they had two daughters and a son. And if you do the math, Annie was just like 21 or 22, and she already has three kids. Uh, And well, we don't have super inside info on what was going on in Annie's mind. She didn't keep like a very specific journal or anything like that. I got the sense, based on the articles that I researched, that Annie was feeling a little bit bogged down by all of it. In particular, there was a quote of hers in an interview later in her life where she said, quote, I didn't want to spend my life at home with a baby under my apron every year, end quote. So then Annie hears about this bet. As the story goes, there were two dudes in Boston who wanted to challenge a woman to an impossible task to prove that a woman wasn't both as physically as capable as a man or as capable of taking care of herself. So they wagered a bet that Annie couldn't ride a bicycle around the world. She had to complete the ride in 15 months, and if she did it, she'd win $10,000, uh, in addition to part of the bet, which was her raising $5,000 along the journey. Now, Annie had never ridden a bike before at all, but she was so incensed at the audacity of these gentlemen that she says, Yes, she takes the bet, and on June 27th, 1894, Annie Kupchowski says goodbye to her husband and three small kids, and wearing a corset and long Victorian-era dress, and carrying her pearl-handled revolver and a single change of clothes, Annie climbs on top of her 42-pound 
bicycle. It was a women's Colombian drop frame bicycle. It had a skirt guard over the rear wheel to keep her skirt from getting caught in the chain as she rode. Uh, And she gets on the bike and she begins to ride west from Boston towards New York. Now, unlike the Tour de France and other famous bike races that you might follow today, Annie rode this trip without any kind of entourage or support system. She was all by herself. And she stayed at inns or the homes of strangers that she met on the journey. Uh, Or some nights she even had to camp. I am not sure in my research whether she had displayed these abilities prior to her trip. But once she was on the road, Annie became a total master of self-promotion. And I should add, out of necessity, she had to find ways to make money along the way, not just the 5,000, but also the the money to help her get through the trip. And her very first sponsor was the Londonderry Lithia Springwater Company. They apparently paid her $100 to carry a placard bearing their name on her bicycle. And she also, as part of this deal, agreed to add the company name to her own. And this is why... If you Google her or look at the name of this episode, her name is listed as Annie Londonderry Cohen Kupchowski. As she went along the road, Annie got really good at selling advertising placards and ribbons, and she would attach them onto her bike or her clothes. She would sell pictures and autographs and mementos and souvenirs. And she also started to give exhibitions about bicycling. And she would deliver lectures and present. She had this robust collection of slides alongside all of these vibrant stories of what had been happening to her along the road. And some of these crowds listening were huge. It turns out that she had very cleverly sent telegraphs to the cities in advance of her arrival, letting everybody know that she was going to be there. And so when she would arrive, there would be big crowds waiting for her. Now, uh, she did not wear the, the skirt and corset for too long. She spent the first part of her journey in that, but eventually she does move from skirts to bloomers And then eventually she wears a man's suit during the course of her journey. And she slowly kind of got more comfortable, uh, uh, like throwing it in people's faces who were upset at the sight of a woman bicycling. It was just so rude. It was so upsetting a woman was bicycling and she kind of like really started to lean into it. And that's when she started to kind of change her dress a little bit more. Uh, There was a article about her in the Omaha World Herald, and they said, quote, Miss Londonderry expressed the opinion that the advent of the bicycle will create a reform in female dress that will be beneficial. She believes that in the near future, all women, whether of high or low degree, will bestride the wheel, except possibly the narrow-minded, long-skirted, lean and link element, end quote. Now, I had jumped a little bit ahead there talking about all those big crowds because that certainly grew and grew as her journey went. But let's talk more about the actual trip itself. Um, Annie, it turns out, was not actually a great natural bicyclist. We knew she hadn't ridden much or ridden at all, perhaps, before this trip. But she wasn't really good at it when she did start to ride. 
And in his book, Around the World on Two Wheels, author Peter Zudlin says, quote, Annie averaged between 8 and 10 miles per hour on smooth roads and a good deal less on poor roads. Very slow by modern cycling standards, end quote. Of course, it, we, it's also worth mentioning again, her bike weighed like 42 pounds. It was a huge bike. It's not the light, lightweight frames that we have today. Uh, later on in her journey, Peter said, quote, it took more than five weeks to make the 400-mile stretch to Los Angeles from San Francisco. Had they walked, they could have made it to Los Angeles in half the time. <laughs> so Annie was not very good on the bicycle. Um, so all this being said, it took her three months to make it that first leg from Boston to New York. And then from New York, she heads to Chicago, but she doesn't arrive in Chicago until late September. And it was not really, seasonally speaking, a very good time to start a big ride across the Great Plains, right? So Annie seriously considers abandoning the journey entirely. But she does not. And instead, she decides what she's going to do. She's going to reverse her course making Chicago kind of the new beginning point of the journey. And she also gets a new, better bicycle, a little more lightweight, uh, and begins back towards New York. And once she gets to New York, she hops a steamship and takes that over to Europe, since you can't bike on the water, of course. And once she gets to Europe, she rides across France. And she was very popular in France. She rides from Paris to Marseille, and then she gets on another steamship to Alexandria, Egypt on January 20th at this point. There was a crowd of thousands of people on the docks in Marseille that were there just to see her off. And there was also a drum and bugle corps and a huge group of locals, uh, bicycle enthusiasts. I, like I said, she's very popular in France, so there was a huge crowd there uh, wishing her good luck in Egypt. And she gets to Egypt, and she continues her journey. She apparently gets through Jerusalem. She also rides through Colombo, then Singapore, Saigon, Hong Kong, Shanghai, and then eventually the West Coast. And she rides, uh, as we said, from Los Angeles to San Francisco. And all the while, she's becoming kind of a global celebrity. And her big trip is completed in September of 1895 and the story of her return in Boston is actually reported in the New York Times and when she arrives she apparently has a broken arm from a fall she said and had been pedaling for hundreds of miles with her broken arm and Annie goes back to her family her trip is over she made it under the 15 months she apparently got the prize she met all of the the bet parameters and she won and and once she gets home, she never again, evidently, makes bicycling very important in her life. She and her husband will go on to have a fourth child. And then Annie will leave work again uh, for a time to work as a salesman up in Ukiah, California. That's about 115 miles north of San Francisco. And when she comes back, her and her husband move to the Bronx and they are running a small clothing business. They had a number of employees. And... 
that business apparently was destroyed by a fire in the 1920s, but they were able to get the insurance money to start another business in Manhattan, which was called Grace, Strap, and Novelty. I always want to hear insurance money. I'm like, ooh, what happened there? But it didn't seem in the resources that I read that there was anything shady. It seems like fires were just common before fire codes. Who knew? Uh, I don't have a lot of information then before... Eventually, Annie dies of a stroke on November 11th, 1947, at the ripe old age of 77. Peter Zutlin, the guy who wrote the book about this trip around the world on two wheels, is also a bicycle enthusiast, and he also was Annie's great-grandnephew. And for a long time, he was very intrigued by Annie's ride, which several decades after her death had been kind of lost to time. So Peter dug into this massive pile of research and interviewed Annie's remaining living relatives, and he put together this book, and he discovered lots of information about the story and has kind of re-unearthed, not re-unearthed, unearthed for the first time her story that had been almost lost to time. But one thing that Peter discovered in all of his research was that, and I'm always sorry to say it, Annie was not quite truthful about all of the things that happened on her trip. Uh, she was quite the exaggerator and inventor of many a tall tale. In her myriad of global interviews, she was interviewed everywhere she went. She loved talking to the press. She described herself as all of the following. A Harvard medical student, a lawyer, a law student, an orphan, a wealthy heiress, a founder of a newspaper, and an accountant. In those presentations that she would give, she also would tell these wildly speculative stories about things like being waylaid by bandits in France, hunting Bengal tigers in India, traveling to the front lines of the Sino-Japanese War and getting shot in the shoulder there, falling through ice into a river, and ending up in a Japanese prison. So how do we know that many of those things probably or sometimes certainly didn't happen? Well, first of all, a bunch of those stories take place in India and China, but she never traveled through there. She was on a boat the whole time on the way to Singapore, and she was traveling around those countries on the water. And she didn't widely publicize it, but she often took steamer boats and sometimes trains within her journey at various times in Europe from country to country. She wasn't bicycling the entire way. She did travel by other means and not just because of the, the water barriers that were legitimate challenges to, to get around. So really, even though the claim was that she was the first woman to ride a bicycle, all across the entire world, circumnavigate the entire world, it's really more accurate to say that she circumnavigated the globe with a bicycle rather than on one. Um, like I said, there was strong evidence that from Western Europe through the Middle East and Asia, from Marseille to Yokohama, she traveled mostly by steamship. Also, that bet that she claimed was the inspiration for the journey and that she claimed she competed and earned that prize money for, well, that is also believed to be entirely fictitious. 
The Boston Journal reported, quote, the crowd at the state house were incredulous about her receiving any such sum as $10,000 upon her return. Many expressed the opinion that it was simply an advertising scheme from start to finish, end quote. Anecdotally, and since it also connects to another broad of ours I can't resist mentioning, Annie also apparently at one point wrote a highly suspect account of her entire journey, which appeared in the New York Sunday World in October 1895 under the byline, Nellie Bly Jr. If you all remember that episode on Nellie Bly we did, she was the first person to make a trip around the world in 72 days. And that was a real trip. That wasn't a lie. That was a real trip. That was a great episode with one of our special guests and my friend, David Blixt. So if you haven't listened to that, you should definitely check that one out. So all of that's just a lot of exaggeration and lies. And it's kind of a bummer to end the story with that note. But I want to say, in Annie's defense, it really does appear that the first leg of her trip from Boston to Chicago and the last leg of the trip from San Francisco to Chicago through El Paso were accomplished mostly on her bicycle. So it's safe to say she definitely was the first female cyclist to cross the American continent. And in her journey, she cycled thousands of miles, which was most certainly a huge marker in the history of women's athletics at that point. Uh, Peter Zutlin, the guy who wrote the book, doesn't seem to think that Annie was particularly malicious with her tall tales. He says, quote, Annie made her journey out of a desire for fame, excitement, and the independence that her conventional societal role had denied her. She loved telling stories. She loved having a story to tell, and she loved representing women as being just as entrepreneurial as men. What Annie accomplished with her bicycle in 1894 and 95 was a tour de force of moxie, self-promotion, and athleticism. Though she was a skilled raconteur and gifted self-promoter with a penchant for embellishment and tall tales, she was also, as the evidence shows, an accomplished cyclist who covered thousands of miles by bicycle during her journey. Peter goes on to say, quote, Truly there is no way to measure the impact of her adventure on the larger struggle for women's equality to know how many women it inspired or empowered. But Annie's journey epitomized perfectly the confluence of the women's movement and the bicycle craze, and is, therefore, a small but revealing chapter in the story of women at the turn of the century." End quote. And that is Annie Londonderry Cohen Kopchovsky. She is a wonder, even though she's an embellisher. I love her. She is a PR marketing sales genius, uh, way ahead of her time. And who knows where she even got those skills. It didn't seem to me in my research that she was particularly educated and trained in those things. It seems like these natural abilities that just came out when she was on the road. Away from her family and kids. By the way, I forgot to mention earlier, she, she, when she was traveling, did not even mention her husband and kids or that she was married at all, which I think was part of her kind of PR about her independent woman being strong. And 
She didn't want to look bad for leaving her babies at home and that sort of a thing. She really knew what she was doing. And she is most definitely a broad you should know. To learn more about Annie Londonderry Cohen Kopchovsky, head on over to broadsyoushouldknow.com. While you're there, click on over to the About page to read more about me, my bio, picture, links to all my cool stuff's all right there. Hey, are you following Broads You Should Know on social? We are on Facebook and Instagram at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. I refuse to call it X. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, please help spread the word by sharing an episode with your friends and family or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps new listeners to find us. Broads You Should Know is produced by me, Sarah Gorski, and edited by Chloe Skye with original music by Darren Callahan. Finally, if you really enjoyed hearing about Annie Londonderry Cohen Kopchovsky, then I think you're going to really like some of the other broads we've covered previously, including, of course, Nellie Bly, who I mentioned already. That is a fantastic episode. Traveled the world in 72 days. And then we also have our kooky adventurer, Annie Edson Taylor, who went over Niagara Falls in a barrel. See you next week for another Broad You Should Know.